From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Oh man, it is exciting to be back with you again. I say it you every time. You say that every time. I know. <laughs> He's never not excited. But I am so, so excited. Ex- I am. I am excited. Uh, yeah, I need to think of something new, but but when I am excited, I want to tell you. So we are going to have some amazing things to, to talk about today and kind of a model for our ministry. I will explain a little bit about what that is. But first of all, I need to introduce some different people. Across from me, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. To my left, Natalie Franco. How are you today? To her left, AJ Fry. Hey, guys. And to my right, Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact, did you know there is an official name for the fear of the number 13? I did. What is it? You said it it out loud Just a second without even reading it. I think it's something like triscophobia, trisdescophobia. That is very close. Wow. That's not how I would say it, but I also can't say this word. (laughs) (laughs) Show it to Scott and let him say it because he doesn't mind making a fool of himself with vocab. (laughs) Triscodecophobia. Yes. Triscodecophobia. Yes. There's a lot of K's in this word. Triscodecophobia. In case you needed to know that. Um, You just got a glimpse into my world of what it's like to live with Scott all the time. It's like, yes, I knew there was a fear of the number 13, and it's called. (laughs) I don't know why I know that. That was such a fun fact. (laughs) It is a fun fact. It is a fun fact. It's more fun that I know it. I am just curious. Why are people afraid of the number 13? Like, are they... Afraid of like, if I draw 13 on the table, is that scary? Or if they see 13 crows. Like 13 items or. Is that scary? Does that mean they go around counting everything? No, I think what I've heard about it, I didn't know that there was a word for it, but I know that there are people that like some people will not get on an elevator that still has the number 13 on the numbers. They'll Hmm. take the stairs. They'll go to 12. They'll take the stairs and go to 14 because of the bad luck that's associated with 13. So it's more about the um, there's certain areas Mm -hmm. and superstition of life that it's like they're afraid of that side of 13. So it's not just like if they saw the number 13, they'd be like, you know, like freak out (laughs) right away. But there are certain instances in their life that if the number 13 is in this space, then yes, that makes me afraid. That is intriguing. <laughs> On you. the next episode of the Worthless Sermon Podcast, superstitions that are intriguing. Yes. Thank you, Emily, for knowing that. And I thought this would be a really nice segue for a numbered episode. It was. I was so prepared. I didn't know this was going to be your fun fact, but I'm like, yes, I have the segue. We're moving from 13 to eight. And we are going to talk to you about the eight C's of development. Now that sounds kind of boring. I admit that, but we're going to make it really cool. So no, come on, come with me. Come with me. N- listen, here's the deal. I'm going to explain it as missionaries around the world. And as people who assess missionaries, that sounds kind of weird, right? But evaluate and assess and develop missionaries. We realize there needed to be 
a common language, and I'm not talking English, Spanish, or something else. I'm saying a common way of developing missionaries. And so this is uh, the most significant way that we have to do that. Emily is going to, to share a little bit about that. Like, why do we need a common uh, tool that we're using to say a missionary from Nicaragua or a missionary from Indonesia could uh, be evaluated in the same way? But we call them the eight C's because we'll tell you a little bit later. To make it more simple, we've identified eight words that begin with the letter C that can help us to do this. So Emily, kind of introduce us into this concept. Yeah, as a denomination, the Church of the Nazarene has identified a profile of what they're looking for in a missionary, and it's based on uh, 12 characteristics. And then the eight C's are something that just, um, when you use that alliteration, it helps you to remember. These are, you know, so the 12 characteristics fit into these eight C's. Um, And as this uh, program, I would say program, uh, has continued to grow, and as our denomination has truly moved into the realms of every nation ascending nation, uh, it started to be, if you've heard some of our previous episodes, the history of sending missionaries uh, started in some main countries of like United States, Canada, maybe like uh, England and a few of the European nations. So when you only have two or three nations that are really sending missionaries, you can kind of trust that they're all being filtered through the same process. But now we've got over 60 nations that are sending missionaries in the Church of the Nazarene. And as we have grown so large in the sending, which is amazing and, and an awesome part to, to be a part of a denomination that from everywhere to everywhere is what we say, that they found that we need to have some similar vocabulary and we need a similar tool So as we start to look at missionaries, and I'm looking at Natalie because she's one of our candidates, right? So as as you take an example like a Natalie and you say, okay, well, you're a candidate. These are the things that I want to know. As you've been preparing over the last five years, 10 years, as God's been walking you through these things, uh, are you working towards like the fullness of this profile that we have? Or are there like really big areas? I'm going to say like one of them is cross-cultural experience. And that's one that a lot of people people are very low in because they don't leave their community or they don't leave their nation. And so it's really hard to say, well, you're going to do great in another culture because you've just never had that experience, right? Um, So as Mesoamerica, uh, we want to be on the same page as the Africa region and as the Asia Pacific region so that when we as Mesoamerica are receiving a missionary from a nation from Asia, Asia Pacific, that they are following this same profile that somebody from Nicaragua is. So it's kind of like this uh, even playing field that we all know what we're going to get out of it. So it's a really great tool and it helps to train other people to how to see in real life what this like really abstract generic profile looks like in real life. And remember, our ministry is to discover, develop, and deploy missionaries. So this is super important to what we do. So let's kind of dive into the eight C's. Uh, I'm going to say all of them, but we may not touch on every single one, but these are the eight elements that are crucial to a well-developed missionary candidate. We even have an image of like a, a, a puzzle that kind of this helps us to see who that person is. Remember, there are people that ask us, what are the steps to becoming a missionary? There are some steps, there are the forms you fill out and different things, but more than the steps, we focus on the profile. So these are the eight elements, calling, character, competence, credentials, 
culture, kind of that cross-cultural experience Emily was talking about, compatibility, convictions, and the last one is compliance, but even um, we're starting to, to use a different term for that, which is more commitment, uh, because compliance is not viewed in the same way in all cultures. So let's talk about this. I, not that, I mean, you're being developed in these areas. You are, we've talked to you about this profile before. What jumps out at you and why are some of these really important? Yeah, I think I'm going to start talking about the call and I'm gonna, just going to talk about what happened with me. So when I was feeling the call, I remember I was talking with my dad and I just just telling them, my, my parents, I've been feeling this call to missions. And before I was able to travel to other cultures, at the moment they were like, are you saying this because you like to travel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they asked me intentionally, Is other, are other per- people seeing what you are seeing, like feeling the same as you are feeling? And not immediately, but later on, my pastor realized that. I think you guys too. I hope so. <laughs> but it was not only something I was seeing in myself, but others were able to see as well. So I think it's important that everybody sees that, that it is not only something that, that is in your mind, but and something important. Well, and before you go on, I would say it's interesting to me when we're like assessing the call, how many people, I love your testimony that you started with talking to your parents and then your pastor, because there are many people that are like, I felt this call, but I've never shared it with anyone. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody tells me that, like, I felt this, but I haven't shared it. It's like, okay, well, we've got some development to do then because it's something you felt, but you, you need to have people alongside you developing this with you, like giving you certainty and confirmation. So it, even to use your own example, of how God was preparing you, you shared it right away. And so people have been able to come alongside you and develop it as you've gotten older through the years. It wasn't like, I'm called to be a missionary and next week I'm leaving. You know, it's been no, it's years like since God started calling you. And I think something important about call is be obedient to that call. And mm-hmm. it was something I was facing because I, I already talked about these. I had a lot of plans and to deny my plans and to embrace God's plans and be obedient to what he was calling me. I think it's really important part of all of this, be obedient. That's excellent. So um, let's dive in. I mean, AJ, what kind of comes out to you? Uh, we've talked about character and uh, c- cross-cultural experience, even credentials. I mean, sometimes people wonder, well, what does that mean? Usually what we refer to is you need to, first of all, be a member in the Church of the Nazarene to be sent by the, the Church of the Nazarene as a missionary. But also, if have you studied, have you received the certificates and the diplomas that you need in order to be sent to do something in another culture? If you haven't done that in your, in your home culture, how would you be able to do it in another culture? I just dove into one, but what jumps out to you? Yeah, I think, well, to be honest, in general, when I first looked at this, this system, like I was very skeptical of it because... Just at a at a first glance, I thought it was another like personality test kind of thing. And I really hate those because I feel like those really put me into a box. And a lot of times they just have like a general description of like who I am, but they're very direct. Like this is this kind of person will do this kind of thing, you know, and I that's why I hate about it. But the more I the more I look into it, into this system and the more I get to see it in action, it seems to me like more of. Yes, it's a tool for evaluation, but I think it's more of a tool for development. Like we're not looking at these eight characteristics, these eight pieces of this puzzle, like you mentioned, 
and saying, you have to be this certain way. Your character has to be this certain way. You have to come to a certain amount. You have to get 100 points out of this system in order to be sent as a missionary. But I like how it's more like, okay, so you're a little bit behind in this area or like you could use more development in this area. So let's try to develop you in this area. And I think there's a danger when we look at it as an strictly an evaluation tool because we we start to see this perfect missionary in our mind, right? We start to see that there is one kind of person that can be sent. And if you don't step up to, if you don't fill that spot, if you don't look exactly like this model or this example that you have in your mind, then you can't be a missionary. And we know the five of us in this room are completely five different people, right? And we're all called to be missionaries and there's all kinds of missionaries out there. And that's the beauty of the kingdom of God is that it's so diverse. And so we can't just have this one image and this tool helps us develop people um, into maturity so that when they do hit the mission field, they're probably more prepared. They have a more sense of maybe a better sense of self than if you just say, Oh, I have a call to missions. Okay, here you go. You're in the middle of Africa and you don't have any clue what to do, you know? And so I think like this, as more of a tool of development than a tool for evaluation. And you have to reach, oh, you're only 98 out of 100 points? I'm sorry, you can't go. You know? Yeah, I think that's really important. Uh, of the five people that are in this room, uh, Chelsea and Emily, you are doing a lot of developing. And I'd love to hear from you. How do you assess and how do you develop someone in character? How do you develop someone in their convictions? What does that even look like and, and what does that mean to do that? So my new my new position is global missions coordinator for an area, a field um, in our region. And so I'm working with six countries on how we do this. This is like my main part of my job is these eight C's and working with my district coordinators to be able to identify and see these things in people. And so we've talked a lot about it because like AJ mentioned, every single person is an individual and everyone has differences and also everyone serves a different purpose. So like I'm not evaluating Natalie in the same sense that I'm, I'm evaluating someone that has a call to be a missional doctor. Um, they're not, they're not going to serve the same purpose. And so keeping that in mind, the thing that I believe in the most is intentionality of relationship. And so I'm not looking for my coordinators to be best friends with their candidates, but I am looking at them to have intentional conversations of development. And so having hard conversations and making sure that the candidates are fully aware that they are in this process. It is not a secret. We are not trying to keep things from them. I don't think you can grow if things are kept secret from you. So that's a big piece of it is just like, how do you develop character? You have conversations about things of value, things of depth. What are you reading in the Bible? What do you feel about that? Like Jesus confronts poverty. Where do you, where do you sit with that? How do you feel about that? All of those kinds of conversations. But then also we put them into activities or events um, where they have to demonstrate these, these things. And as they grow, so we do have we do have a scale of like a hundred percent, right? So we are, they are actually on a scale, but like we've mentioned, 99% doesn't make you not a missionary. 
but as they go up in the scale, we're going to put more responsibility on them. So someone who is just starting this process of eight C's, I'm not going to ask them to lead an entire event, but someone that's at 75%, I may ask them instead of participating in a maximum mission, how about you lead a maximum mission and see what that takes from them. And so, so intentionally putting them in positions of, of exposure and the positions of leadership and walking through that process with them and evaluating how they've handled it. We also have tools like the, the region has developed tools um, that give us the ability to know where people sit. This podcast is one of them. Yeah. Uh, we use these episodes. We ask candidates to listen to the episodes and give us their thoughts back. How do you feel about our episode on culture? What does that make you feel? Have you ever experienced another culture? Um, those kinds of questions. Yeah, I think the development side of all of this is probably the most important part of what we've done over 17 years in this ministry is we've been able to uh, see God really work in amazing ways. And it's been something that I know 100% that when we started on a regional level, that Scott and I were constantly saying, and we started on a regional level with only seven countries of the old Mac region. <laughs> and then we became Mesoamerica and we became 32 countries. And... Um, and I remember Scott and I looking at each other and being like, we cannot know everybody in the world. We can't know everybody in our region. Like we need to have other people that understand what we're looking for, because even though we were starting to know what we were looking for and we had maybe been missionaries for five or six years and we started to be able to say, yeah, we can understand what it takes to be a missionary. Like this tool has been what we have leaned into very heavy as we've continued to train people like Chelsea on a field level and then the field level is using this tool and taking it all the way down to the district level so that in our local churches people are like hey if I want to be a missionary let's say we have a 15 16 17 year old if I want to be a missionary what are some of the things that I can be working on right now you're not going to be a 16 year old missionary like that's just a reality however you can be the 16 year old that's starting to lead in your NYI you can be the 16 year old that is practicing tithing you can can be the 16-year-old that continues to participate in a maximum mission. Um, and so those are the things that we've been able to see really grow a lot. And as uh, people are exposed to these concepts, it's not like, surprise, look at all these things that you had to do when they like finally arrive and like, I'm ready to be a missionary. It's like, actually, there's four really strong areas that you are just not developed in. Like they can come to us as the 25, 26, 27 year old and over 10 years have been saying, you know, people have been speaking this into my life. And we are seeing strong, strong candidates now in a way that we never have. And, and I even just said a couple weeks ago to somebody, I said, we are starting to live in the harvest of global missions in this region. It's not just like we're constantly tilling the soil, we're constantly planting the seed. Uh, and it's from a tool like this eight seas that more people are aware of. We want to have high quality missionaries that come out of Mesoamerica and I want to be one of them. And so these are some of the things that I can do to literally, I mean, in any kind of profession, you work towards a higher profile, you know, like I, I'm a nurse and uh, more education, more knowledge, all of the stuff that I can do to be a better nurse makes me a better nurse. It's the same with missions. Now, it's not just about call. Sometimes we only hear about the call, but there's so many areas of life that need to be developed for successful 
successful missionary service. And that's what this tool gives to us. I think it's important to acknowledge uh, we have developed a system where we're asking our coordinators, we, we are the regional coordinators, uh, Emily and I, and then we have field coordinators. Chelsea just uh, said that she is one of our field coordinators. You don't have to know all the, if you're listening to this, all of the structure, but we've tried to get coordinators even in the districts so that if there is someone who is experiencing a call, a child, a teen, a, a couple or a family, you know, we want them to be able to develop those people. And this is the point I'm trying to make. This development does not just happen by that coordinator. Really, there's certain things. How can we assess character just from, you know, touching base with this person every two or three months, you know, and talking through and did you listen to the podcast? And what, there are good things we can do. Absolutely. But we have to talk to their pastor. We have to talk to different people that they've been working with or working under different authority figures. Right. And and uh, you start to assess, are they competent in these abilities? Uh, are, is their character uh, matchless? You know, uh, are, is their commitment just excellent? You know, those are things that we want to be facilitating that growth in their lives, but we recognize that it takes an entire team on the local and district and other, other levels to be able to achieve that and help candidates to grow. I have a really great example of this. We have a, a district coordinator. She is gun ho about this system. She loves it. She is embracing it. When I took the the position, I kind of revamped how my field is handling this in the in the system that we do it, just back office stuff. But so when I revamped it, she ran with it. So she has her eight candidates that she has identified. I set a goal of three for each of my districts. So she she has eight. She set up a WhatsApp group. <laughs> And she messaged them all and she said, I don't want to play around with this. I see a missionary call in most of you. Um, some of you have told me you have a missionary call. And so if that's the case, we're going to be serious about this. So I want you to, if you're in this group, we're going to be intentionally developing um, a missionary call in you. And she set up a workshop that she invited me to, to teach them what is the eight C's. Like, like I would do for a district coordinator, because she said, I want them to be very clear of my expectations. These are the things that I am walking through. And so then after I gave the workshop, she met with each of their local pastors. <laughs> she loves this. And so she met with their local pastors and said, I want you to know that I'm evaluating so-and-so, this, this um, congregant, in these eight C's. And this is the way that you can help me develop them. And she even sent, she sent a follow-up to the NMI president of those local churches. And so she is doing above and beyond my expectation of following up with the local church to partner in this. It's not just her responsibility, it's also the local church's responsibility. Yeah, I think it, we would be remiss to say that somebody's ever going to be perfect, just like AJ was saying. Mm -hmm. And I think when we use a tool like this, it's easy to kind of feel like, okay, you're looking for the perfect person. I don't know that we would say that, but I would say that out of these eight C's, if you're missing an entire C, you got some work to do. Mm -hmm. We're not going to send you, right? Like, okay, so let's get to the point of saying these are nine core, or, I'm sorry, eight core things that you need to have some growth and development. And if there is a gaping hole, 
you're not going to be able to go yet, right? And it's that yet word that is so important because uh, Scott and I have been challenged year after year after year to think about every candidate that we ever propose to be a missionary. It comes with some type of risk. We don't know that they're going to work out, right? Like they could be great on paper, and the minute you put them into the real life circumstance, it just falls apart. And it happens. It That is the reality. Uh, but there are so many instances where the great on paper ends up working out, right? And so you want to have that, that good risk. You want to mitigate the bad risk and you want to take the good risk. And so any candidate that is in this system, you might not ever hit the 100%. There might be some things that you're like, I just can't get better in this. Like I can't get more degrees. I'm already a doctorate of something or other. And that's what you're asking for. And you're 100%, right? But um there might be areas that are like, these are just continual growth areas. We're still going to be able to send you if we can see that that trajectory towards you're growing in this, you're becoming a Christ-like disciple. You are, you attest to being wholly sanctified, which is an important part. If you want to be a Nazarene missionary, understand the doctrine of holiness. That is what we send missionaries to do. If we are sending a doctor, it is to practice a healing medical art, but with the message of holiness attached to it. Um, so I would just say I would use this platform one more time that if uh, doctrine of holiness is something that you're like, I don't quite understand. I don't, I don't quite get it. Use this opportunity to develop yourself. Ask your pastor, ask a district superintendent, ask a youth leader, ask somebody to help you really figure out what this means in your life, because you're going to take it to another nation, another culture through the missionary assignment. So I'm curious, uh, Natalie, you are in this process. Are there, I don't know if this is a vulnerable time or like an, uh, you know, time to be honest, but are there areas where you say, you know what, I feel like I need to grow in these areas before I am sent as a missionary. So yeah, I've been thinking and talking about this with a friend of mine. She's missionary. Her name is Suhei. She is a Genesis missionary. And I've been talking to her. Like I've been, I realized yeah, how I need to grow up in theology um, to get to know better the Bible. And so I can be able to apply that in the culture I'm going to be, because it's, and I've been thinking, it's it's a different culture. It's a different way to apply the Bible. And I need to have the through um, basis of the Bible. So I won't, <laughs> I won't confuse anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Like you're an architect, right? Mm -hmm. and, and up until recently, you never thought, I want to study theology. I want to be sent as a missionary. Maybe God was starting that in you, but now you're recognizing the need for that. Mm -hmm. Now, you are very well prepared in some other areas. We have seen potential in many ways. You're bilingual, for example, something that we tell lots of candidates, ah, a lot of your profile is excellent, but please learn another language that would help you immensely and open doors. But you've noticed there are certain areas that could be better. I would like to say anyone listening to this, there are two ways to think, right? First of all, and we've said it a few times, none of us here or no missionary in the world has gotten to the end of this, mm -hmm. right? It's not, no, I, I don't think we'll ever get to a hundred percent. I know? don't think you should. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I think you should always be growing and, and have learning. a spirit of learner. Right, yeah. exactly. That, in fact, that's part of what we're trying to, to seek out or teach. But the other side is people, and I, we've met so many, that are just overwhelmed. Oh, they're talking about these things. And I feel like I don't have anything. You know, I feel like I don't know much about theology. I feel like I haven't graduated from this. I feel like I don't speak another language. I feel like I haven't been on very many missions trips. You know, these are four things amongst several that can help you in your profile, right? Don't get overwhelmed. If you are passionate about Christ and his mission, you've got more than the person that has all the degrees that's gone on all the trips, but that is just kind of eh, more or less not very committed, you know? So continue with that, get involved in your local church, get in contact with us. We'd love to help you and guide you and put you in contact with other people. But this is a tool for, yes, evaluation, but don't get overwhelmed. This is a tool for development, too. This should give you hope. In fact, because this podcast is in English, we are assuming most of you are on our Caribbean field. And so uh, if you are interested in knowing more about the eight C's or being developed in the eight C's, we would love to get you in contact with Timmy Spencer. He is our field coordinator for global missions in the Caribbean field, and he is doing an excellent job at at developing this system. Yeah, definitely. So again, we haven't gotten into what each one of the eight means. We didn't want to get into the weeds too much. And this was a different episode. I didn't know where this would go, but I think what we want, what we desire after this episode is that if you're listening to this and you're sensing a call to missions, maybe you're listening to this and you know, people who are called to missions that you would say, Oh, there's actually a framework. Like I don't have to do this on my own. I don't have to invent. I think this person is ready or not. There is a way we can help you in that. And the church of the Nazarene worldwide can help you in that. Mm -hmm. So Emily, I'm just going to ask you if they want to contact us and know a little bit more about this tool, how can they do that? Yeah. The best way to contact us is through our Facebook page, which is the Worthless Servants podcast. Uh, You could also send us a um, message through our website, which is mesoamericagenesis.org. And just to reiterate what Scott was saying, if you are in a different nation that is not in Mesoamerica, we can still get you in touch with somebody that can help you with all of this. And you might be surprised to know that this podcast does not just stay in the 32 nations (laughs) of Mesoamerica. We know that there are multiple nations that are listening. So if you are finding yourself in a country that is not one of our countries, still contact us and we'd love to put you in contact with the Church of the Nazarene in your field, in your region, uh, because we need more Nazarene missionaries. Don't be afraid of it. We we want to work with you and we need to have hundreds of thousands of more Nazarene missionaries in the future. Check out previous episodes with Carlos Gordon, uh, maybe with Freya um, and with other people. They have gone through this process. They did not start already being ready to be sent as a missionary, but their testimonies can give hope to you and to others. Well, those were the eight C's of, of our <laughs> evaluation and development. Kind of a different episode, but we are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Natalie Franco. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Emily Armstrong. And I'm Chelsea Fry. And we'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.